Today's episode is brought to you by Mudraps 2 Manicures, located at 1083 Bedford Highway. For all you last-minute Christmas shoppers, make sure to go to Mudraps 2 Manicures to pick up your Christmas gift this Christmas. It is one of the most leading spas in the HRM. You can pick up a gift card for a massage for your brother, your uncle, your sister, your mother, anyone in the family. Also, you can pick up some moisturizer, some toenail polish, some regular nail polish. I think that's the same thing. doesn't really matter. Mudraps and Manicures has you covered. Make sure to give them a call at 835-7375 and you can get exactly what you want to get this Christmas. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. My name is Justin Belanger. I do truly appreciate the fact that you tuned in here with me at the High Button. It is Christmas Eve, December 24th. Everyone's excited. Gifts, drinks, food, everything's going around. It's going to be a great day. Today on the podcast, we have Corey Ucart. Corey was drafted in the second round by the Montreal Canadiens in the 2003 NHL Entry Draft. Before that, he played for the Quebec Ramparts, Montreal Rocket, and the Prince Edward Island Rocket in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Also, he played way back in the Russia Quebec Major Junior Hockey League Challenge, and he played on the same team as Sidney Crosby, and the game was played at the Metro Center. Currently, he lives in Halifax, and he runs a vegan restaurant called On V. He's an entrepreneur. He is a, a, a cyclist or a biker. Um... Uh, he does it to exercise, does it for a clear state of mind. It was a really cool conversation that we had. Um, and to be quite honest, his hockey resume is very impressive. I, I looked over it the other day, and the guy was an absolute stud. Uh, some impressive numbers he put up um, you know, in the queue in, in the AHL East Coast, and he also played a bit over in Europe. Going to be a great podcast. Hi, Button. You know what comes next. Here we go. And we're into a Corey. Thanks for joining the podcast, man. No problem, man. Thanks Sunday. Yeah. Christmas is around the corner. 23rd. And you're here sitting talking to me. So <laughs> I usually say I appreciate that yeah. to everyone, but like, man, I really appreciate that. No problem at all, man. No problem at all. It's a busy time of year regardless. So. Well, I feel like you're a busy guy just year round. Every, I'll tell you all, you're going to be humbled by when I say this. You're probably three or four people mentioned your name to me in the past six months trying to get you to come on oh no shit nice. we've just been so busy with so many people but a yeah, you're a highly anticipated guest for sure nice thanks man and i don't know if it's about you or if it's about your restaurant but it's whatever you're whatever you're doing is working yeah i guess yeah yeah well that's good to hear nice so i got we can start um i'd like to start like when you were younger your hockey days and then kind of yeah, progress man. to wh- yeah. who you are now what you're doing yeah. now um you played junior hockey for Quebec, Montreal, and Prince Edward Island. Uh-huh, um, you were originally yeah. born in Halifax, right? Yeah, just my parents. I was, my parents still live out in East Hans, just okay. uh, like two seconds away from the arena in East Hans. They still live there. I'm so going there. you played minor hockey out there? I did, yeah. Yeah, the whole way growing up. Um, and then I ended up playing midget uh, for the subways in Dartmouth, yeah. That's sick. Yeah. It so, was nice, man. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's a lot different out there now than it was when I was growing up. Like Where? East Hans? Yeah, East Hans, man. Like I play the there every here. Sunday, hockey league, not today, but... they get, So it's funny, like the only... I never skate anymore, but every... Well, last year, this will be the second time we've done it, but my parents rent the ice out there. My yeah. brother has like two kids, so we go out and skate. So like literally the one time a year I skate with like a hockey stick is like <laughs> unboxing day. <laughs> Just like toe-dragging a six-year-old, trying <laughs> to think I still got it. Oh, it's pathetic. You still got your skills, even though you're not on the ice? You can tell it's there, but I mean, like, yeah, six-year-olds and my wife and my parents just, like, watch this and just, like, shoot it, like, middle of the net, like, knee height. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) It's like, got it. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) 
it's uh no it's fun i don't skate a lot anymore but yeah i still uh, i still get out there quite a bit my parents live out there so it's it's fun to go out there did you ever play against crosby when you played in junior i think my last year junior was his first year when i played in pei and i would have been i didn't play as an overage in junior so i was i was 19 and i think he's 16 i'm not sure what year he is but i'm a late 84 okay so i did play against him that last year yeah. last year yeah that's sick yeah dominated and then drafted by montreal not a lot of people can say that no yeah it was good i was second round That's yeah crazy. And there was another guy on my team max lapierre was drafted same year really i think yeah because he unless i'm really blowing that but he uh there was me there was michael lambert a guy I played junior with and yeah. and maxim lapierre who Sad. did the best out of any us by far yeah but uh yeah so it was it was nice i was lucky i would have like I'm a, like I just said I'm a late birthday. If I was like yeah, me too. Most of the other people, if I if it was my second year junior, I would have never in a million years got drafted. Yeah, never. Like it was just a, I was very fortunate to have a late birthday and then have a good year in uh, my third year junior. So when yeah. you were playing hockey in your younger days, did you always know kind of the direction you wanted to go on? If if hockey didn't work out, if you wanted to start a restaurant, if you wanted to be the entrepreneur type of person, did not, you know that at that young no, of an age? Not even close. No, I had no no desire no didn't wasn't one of those types of people where like if ever it was like a you know it came like flip like do you want to go to school or do you just want to play hockey do you want to do both yeah. i was like it was hockey like i had no idea like i would if you would have told me i would be the owner and the operator of a vegan restaurant when i was yeah. even any age leading up till probably 25 it yeah. would have been one of those things where you're just like you're crazy you know yeah like what people say all the time but no that was never it was I played hockey and that was it. And I didn't, I mean, you never really know if you're going to succeed. Eventually you get like a, you know, you get a hint like, okay, I could probably take this somewhere yeah. type thing. But I mean, you don't, uh, at that age, unless you're like a pretty unique individual who plans that far ahead, you're, you just care about hockey. That's all you want to do. So, well, it's just any classic Canadian kid. It's hockey, exactly. hockey, it's hockey, like hockey, 95% hockey. of kids. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, sometimes it works out and you know, but you'd be forced to do something else in life and you just kind of figure it out. Did you have trouble with the transition after hockey? I know most people do. It um, seems like you, you figured it out, but maybe like the first couple of years, the transition was a tough. Well, no, not really. Cause I had prepared myself that from the, from the aspect of doing nothing else my whole life, other than playing hockey, whatever I was going to do was something completely new. Right. So it was like, yeah, but that's challenging to some people. Yeah. It, it, it's a scary thing for sure. And I, I ended up, you know figuring it out but like when we f when i first came home i was you know like i worked at duggars for a year did you, you? Know, like selling clothes yeah and i was super cool with that like i was it had got to the point where i just knew in my head that hockey just wasn't it had you know it had fulfilled its purpose in my life like i was just over it. like it wasn't as fun anymore like it was just that's fair and i didn't want to stick around like a lot of guys do like you could stay over there until you're there's so many leagues in europe man you can stay over there until you're 40 if you want and be like a very mediocre mediocre hockey player and yeah. make a good living and just yeah. come home and chill in the summer and do nothing right yeah. but i was like eventually it's like i don't want to do this like you get dogs you're traveling back and forth and there's you know you realize there's more to life and then you get some like you're playing in germany and there's some like 18 year old german kid like trying to break your ankle in the middle of a game and you're like is this really worth this? <laughs> like is this True. is this you know like there's more to life than this so i was i was completely cool when i when i stopped playing um you know, I didn't miss it. I was, I know a lot of guys do. They're either forced to stop playing or they just, 
mm. they can't keep playing and they want to play they're playing you know they're skating like two three four times a week like yeah. i i haven't played a remotely competitive form of hockey since 2011 2012 well, if you think about it you're, more, you're one of the lucky ones you chose just to stop most people yeah. like you said don't have an option and they can't find anywhere else to play and then they exactly. have to stop yeah. and then that causes people to miss it yeah and even like, more even more yeah. and you realize you probably should have just played and you know some third or fourth league in some random european country but yeah. just because you were playing and you love coming to the rink every day yeah which is cool which if that makes those people happy then that's great but for me it was just like you slowly realize it and it's just like that's okay you know yeah. like i've had a good run at this you do better than most of the people who ever play hockey do. you can't it's a super selfish thing to at the end of the day just be like angry at that situation like you can't you know you can't have that kind of you can't have that kind of outlook on under it. it's just going to affect the rest of your life so okay yeah so where did the whole vegan the restaurant thing come into play then so that happened uh my my last year in germany when i was playing it was in the second division in a little town called helbron where i had played my first year in germany so i played three years in germany two years in the same spot first and third year and then the second year in the first division in cologne cologne yeah okay i mean played i was terrible i didn't play much but i had a really good first year went over there and yeah. then kind of worked up to that and then got up there and i was just like nope not for me so i just went back where i came from but that year a guy uh on my team and his wife were opening a she was vegan and they were just opening a restaurant in that city so it kind of just got influenced you could say and just was kind of there for the whole process of of doing it and i was with Somebody who, who I started the restaurant, my ex-wife basically now, was yeah. there at the same time. And we were just like, this is all right. Like, you know, like it doesn't seem easy, but like we know we we're going back to Halifax and it just slowly kind of just morphed into that. And then it um, came home in 2012, looked for a space for a while. And then August 2013, we opened. Yeah. And I, the city was really kind of lacking it. So it was it was good timing. I know a guy that works in the bank and he gives out loans for a living and he says yeah. restaurants is one of the most difficult uh, loans to give because they're one of the most hardest, you know, uh, businesses to run. No, there's no money. It's, no, if you're looking to like make money, then Jesus. So then not start a restaurant. It's like, it's pure. I tell everybody all the time. I work so much harder now than when I played hockey. Like yeah. it's not even, even in a physical aspect of it. Like it's just, you're up early. Like hockey, you think like hockey's great and everything, but you think really it's like it's a couple hours of work a day. You know, you can but really is it more, work. It's going through the motions. Exactly. At some point. Yeah. I mean, it's a job because you're getting money for it. But like, there's no, you're not dependent on, on yourself, but you know what I mean? And then there's a whole different thing where you're, you're responsible for other people's jobs too, which is a different thing in a way in a team sport. You are also, you know, like you play like shit, the coach gets fired, GM gets fired. There's, there's many things that can happen. But when you're running a restaurant, you know, like if it doesn't, you have to keep, you have to keep so many people happy and you have to want to keep them happy. And then you realize the end of the day is like, this is a job for these people. Like this is their lives as much as it is mine. And they'll go out and find other jobs, which I would too, you know, if, mm. if that's what it came to, but it's a, it's a whole different sense of responsibility. It's, you know, you have to be a leader in many different ways and it's a, it's a lot of work, but yeah, there's not uh there's not much money in it for sure. Yeah. You really got to, you got to be very happy waking up every day and knowing that like this could be like a 14 or 15 hour day for and it's not like you're getting like a some kind of reward at the end of the day other than the the satisfaction that you're like okay I woke up this morning and did literally everything I could in my power to do 
the best job I can at what I'm doing. So where does that drive come for from you? Is it not having a boss? Is it being independent? Is it making money on your own terms? Is it the quality of the food? Is it? I feel like there's so many avenues you can answer it that is, question. It is, yeah. It's a lot. It's. I mean, for me, it's just you really, it all comes down, you have to like really enjoy doing it. And I think why I enjoy it so much is that it's some it's so many different things every day and it's so many new things all the time so there's no room to be complacent right like like hockey you go to the rink you do your best like for me it was like you go play a game you're supposed to score like you score one or two you're fine like everybody's happy and it's like sounds a little selfish to say but even if you'd lose five two and you had two goals there's every hockey player that ever plays yes you want to win but if you're supposed to score or you're a skilled player and you get two goals at the end of the game there's part of you is like well, I guess I kind of did my job. You know what I mean? Mm. But at the end of like a day, like you run now, it's like there is no, it's really hard to get a sense of like complete satisfaction from it, you know, because there's so many different things that happen that I've never ran into in my life before, you know, like yeah. whether it's, I mean, it's a million things. Like people see a restaurant and, and I was guilty of it before ever having anything to do with a restaurant was, you just think it, just run smooth it's like any business you walk into you yeah. know like you don't you don't realize the behind the scenes stuff but with a restaurant i mean it's there's so much that goes on you know there's and especially in the kind of the restaurant that we run where that's so everything's kind of made from scratch it's a very specialized type of food it's yeah. it's a lot of labor it's a lot of work it's you have to find the right staff you have to and for a small place you have to make sure all that staff gets along which we've been very lucky with we've we've had great people but it's um it's a lot and like I still serve kind of in the restaurant like every day like that's the first part of my day from like you know whenever I wake up in the morning till three or four in the afternoon yeah. I'm there trying to do everything as well as you know serve a table that would walk in so it's uh it keeps you super super active which I've realized I really <laughs> so need yeah. in my life it yeah. seems like the answer I'm looking for is like the difference between a restaurant that is open for a year compared to a restaurant like yours it's, yeah. it almost seems like the pride of ownership is what keeps it exactly. going exactly yeah it's is not it one of those yeah it's not a place where there's a like a manager on duty and there's like an, an ownership group you know like if you like I'm there yeah and I don't no matter how successful it could ever be I can never envision myself not waking up and going there every day you know, like even you have millions of dollars in the bank. It's the most successful restaurant in the world. I have full confidence thinking that like by the time like 7 a.m. rolls around, I'm not just going to wake up and be like, oh, I'm just going to go <laughs> lay on the couch for a bit or like, you know, do stuff or like, like I have to go in there. I have like not overstating, but like obsessed with going in there and just accepting new things to do and like trying to trying to figure them out. You That's know, cool. it's a it's a very it's interesting. And like, sometimes you suck at it. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes you're just complete dog shit. Yeah. But, you know. Lower the mic a bit just so I can see it. Just lower it there. There you go. Do you enjoy uh, messing around with the menu at all? Like being in a vegan restaurant, it it must be a little bit more difficult to make the food delicious compared to something else, I guess. Do you you enjoy that part of it? Um, I don't have a lot to do with the food. So we have, I don't cook. Yeah. You know, I'll never, never tell anybody that I cook. Like we, (laughs) we've been lucky to have really good chefs. I mean, I obviously have stuff to do with it because I interact so much with customers. I know what people like, but it's a, it's a really, we walk a really interesting line because most of the people who come, like we're a completely vegan restaurant. So like no dairy, no eggs, nothing. Most of the people who come are not fully vegan, right? Like we, there's no way you could exist as a restaurant if everybody who walked through that door only ate plants all the time. Yeah. You know, like 80, 75, 80% of our customers are people who just 
eat everything, you know, they're, they're obviously more health conscious, but they're, you know, it's not like they're going home and eating that way. There's for sure where there's regulars that are, but like, so you have to accommodate to both of those groups of people, right? Like you have to make very familiar things that can resonate with like a carnivore. And then you want to make these dishes like completely plant-based ones that nobody's ever heard of before because Mm. you're a restaurant you're supposed to give people something that they can't do at home. Yeah. So it's a, it's really interesting. So it, there's two sides to it, but it's, you know, it's like any business, you kind of listen to your customers, but it's, um, there's a lot going on. Yeah. It, it takes a very innovative staff and a very hardworking staff to get, um, to get those things that people want. Uh, two things. One, I've been to the restaurant once and mm-hmm. I got the burger and side yeah. of salad. One thing when I order food at a restaurant, I'm worried about two things. One is the food going to be good. And two, am I going to be full? And both yeah. things happen. The burger was great. Yeah. Salad was great. And I left full. Yeah. So that was awesome. Two. How do you keep a staff happy? Staff you, parties? Uh, yeah, when the timing's right. Yeah, we do. I mean, we're on like, we haven't had a Christmas party. Usually, I think for like four or five years now, you, Christmas party happens in January. Just because you're December's, so busy right now. December's busy, yeah. I mean, November's a super chill month, but then December, it's like, it's a weird, it's a weird kind of process because November, there's like a lull. There's always a lull. It's like November and February are, for us anyways, the two two worst months. So you get... November's tough to stay stay motivated you got to do new things you got to you know and then because you know December's going to be busy and then it's you know there's parties there's Christmas season but keeping yeah. staff happy man is I think any boss or whatever would tell you that but that's a that's the thing I've talked to a lot of people about before and I have a lot of I have a lot of disagreements with people about trying the hardest thing in the world for me to do is is to correct people or tell people what to do in a polite manner. Exactly. Or even, yeah. So like I'm more of the, the style you have to be their friend. There's no way a business like, like mine where it's, we have 15 employees, I think, but at the same time when people, when the restaurants open, there's four or five. So if you, you can't be that like dictator, you can't, you know, like to me, like it's always, they're going to work the best and work the hardest if they see you doing it. Like, I don't so you lead be... by example. Exactly, yeah. And for me, the hardest part is correcting them. But I think generally, you, if you're doing your job as, as an owner, as somebody who's hiring people, you want to represent your company and you want to be actually like good people, they're going to figure it out. Like yeah. we're not, you know, like it's a very, very tight-knit family situation. Yeah. Um, the kitchen, the kitchen's a little different than front of house because there's just, there's so many restaurants in the city, like for the size of it, it, it's insane. And for us to have a really specialized menu that takes specialized skills for most of the chefs, there, there's some turnover there. Like most restaurants have, you know, people are in and out the door every day. Yeah. Um, and that's where you, you rely on good people, like, like a head chef to kind of contain that part and control that part. Because if it was, and I look after more of like the servers, the front of the house who are, there's four we have four other girls five other girls yeah um who work and we we haven't had we've had them all for over a year which i think in a restaurant is rare very rare yeah Yeah. and they're all like best friends outside they hang out all the time there's like we have group chats and everything and it's gotten to the point where it kind of crosses like that you go through times where it's like okay they're new and they're kind of like feeling you out. And then it goes through a time where like, okay, he's my boss, but he's working with me every day. So yeah. like, I don't know what to do. And then it gets to the point where you're just so comfortable with them and you're so used to being around them that if they do something wrong, you you know exactly how to tell it to them. And it's not, and usually it's never by, 
scolding them or like saying anything like that. Like I could never do that. You have to, as long as they know you care about them and they're your friend and they care about you personally, then Mm -hmm. it's, I found it very easy to keep people happy. The tougher part is when you know you have to say something or something, you have to ask more out of them. Which is part of life, and they all get that. So whenever yeah. it does, there's never there's never like an issue with it. So it's it's really, it's lead by example in my case. But you have to, you have to care about them as people, and you have to be you have to be friends with them, especially yeah. in a small business. Well, it's sure. interesting from a perspective of being a hockey player at such a young age. The communication level is huge, but it's very firm. Every second word that comes out of your mouth is "fuck shit, bitch." Yeah. It's, it's very uh, yeah. to the point. There's no yeah. there's no soft spot. Yeah, and you know, when I was done with hockey and I, you know, I, I went to school yeah. and I was in group projects and you, you have to kind of take a step back. You have to be patient. Obviously you're yeah. not going to drop the F bomb every two seconds yeah. when you're trying yeah. to get a point across, but there's definitely an element of, of patience and you have to be a little bit more softer yeah. and you have to, but yeah. with all that being said, the fact that you played on a team sport for, I don't know how yeah. many years, 20 years yeah. you played hockey for it must've done something in order for you to take charge and lead a staff and, yeah. and, and be able to to give direction well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I was never the kind of like I was never a I don't know if I would have ever been a captain of a team, but like I was never like a raw. But, even, raw. but it doesn't even matter. You just learn so much. You're in a dressing room with twenty guys. Yeah, and you don't realize it at the time, but then when you can step away from it, whatever you know, five ten years later, oh, yeah. like that really taught you a lot. Oh you yeah. Know? Like there's there's a lot of life lessons to be learned from it, and I mean now I work with pretty much probably eighty ninety percent women, but yeah, I just we've had. <coughs> we've had male male servers in the past and i have no idea why but they just never work out they just never work out and now i've had the same group and it's like we all get along so well and we know what everybody has to do and there's not a lot even on super busy nights where things can be hectic and you know in restaurant terms yeah. that it's you know there's not a lot of we have to do this we have to do that because you know i've been very lucky as far as far as staff goes and not putting a ton of energy into always looking for new people, always, you know, trying, feeling like you're never satisfied with it. So it's uh, Do you do the hiring? Uh, for the front of house, yeah. For like servers, yeah. So what are you looking and for then, in a resume? Oh, sorry, keep going. No, it's like a back of house. I have, I have a say in it. Like I'll sit in there, but it's like ultimately it's up to, to the head chef who's, you know, and that's part of their, their responsibility. It's like they're going to be working with them more. So I have to put trust in them to be like, okay, this person's going to fit in. So don't, you don't have to answer this question if you don't want mm. to because you're still running the business. Yeah. But when you are hiring, are you actually looking at the resume or are you actually trying to have a conversation with the person to understand who they are? Or is it references? Um, or is it no, it's not a lot of references. To it's, it's, I don't think I've ever... It's pretty shitty to say, but I don't think I've ever called somebody's reference. On so a, what is it then? Just it's, You just you got to judge your character. Yeah. And, it's like, and that kind of goes back to hockey. Like You see so many people on so many teams throughout the years. You just you can kind of pick out like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'd like want to be around you if it like was outside the rink. It's like yeah. nothing against you. I just don't think we don't gel. And that's not going to work if you're working in a restaurant. With a hostile two, three environment. Feet. Yeah, exactly. In a stressful environment too, which is the thing. So you definitely look at the resume and like things will jump out at you. Like, you know, if they've worked in a busy restaurant, you know, that's always a plus because, you know, yeah, they can juggle things. They're used to being... Even when it's busy and things are going well, it's still just the nature of it. It's still a, a stressful environment because people, it's customer people service, demand right? Things, yeah, people yeah. are expecting things. People yeah. are giving you money to make their night or their day yeah. the best it possibly could be. So, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of. Usually, we only whenever we're trying to hire somebody, we might interview two, three people maybe. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty. 
you're wrong sometimes. Like everybody's wrong in life sometimes. Sometimes you blow it, but it's um we've been pretty good. But you can it's usually it's usually interview and just the feel. And it's nice enough to have a small enough staff. We just kind of do them not in the restaurant, but there's like a little lower level to a restaurant. Yeah. So usually if that happens, then half of the other staff is going to see them and they can get a feel from them. So it's a very, you know, ultimately like me and the chef will have the final save who we pick, but yeah. like their opinion, their first impression more so than, you know, cause they can't really form an opinion. You meet somebody for, mm. you know, they five, 10 minutes. I can for sure talk to them for 30 or 40 minutes, but that first impression of just those first five minutes tell a lot about a person, man. Yeah, like true. It's a, yeah, it's an interesting, and that's something that I had never, you know, that's not something you envision yourself doing. No, that's <laughs> when, funny. When you're just trying to score goals growing up as a kid. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's a, Yeah, it's an interesting life, man. It's, it's, it's funny how things that you're saying all kind of relate back to the first 20 years of your life. I just, yeah. it's just all your skill sets come from everything that you're telling yeah. me right now, judging, not judging people, but being able to read a character yeah. and things like that, working yeah. in hectic environments. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the location of your, uh, of your restaurant yeah. in, the, in the, I guess you can call it North End. It is. Yeah. It's right by Line and Bright, right? North stretched out. Yeah. What's Quite the name a, of the street again? Uh, it's Agricola. Agricola. Yeah. Such a great cool up and coming yeah. street i shouldn't even yeah. say up and coming it's been up and coming for yeah. years now yeah um do you like working in that location do you have a good relationship with other restaurants i know line and bright just shut down you did i yeah. did i enjoyed that place yeah. but you know do you have a good relationship with the very, other restaurants yeah. around there very good yeah, yeah. It's super cool so still like line and bright did shut down but the same people on local source who is a guy named sean and i mean sean yeah you see him every day yeah like you see you see those people every day and it's uh like the brasseries right there yeah. um like there's a liquor store across the street, Cycle Smith. Like you, even if you're not trying, I'm not like the most like I don't usually go out of my way to make like a lot of friends, you know, just due to lifestyle. But like you see people all the time, like you can't help but get to know them. You can't help but like yeah, close, you know, like the the people that work at Cycle Smith across the street. are like, you know, it's like I'm I'm walking into a bar when I walk in there. It's like, hey guys, good to see you again. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, you're here again. Or even like the cashier at the liquor store when we run out of stuff and I got to run across the street to get it. It's like nicest people ever you don't know a thing about them but like your interaction with them is just so i love that nice compared to if i drive out to like tantalan and go to the liquor store and you just hey there you go mm. like it's a completely different it really affects your life in like a lot of different ways but it's a it's a really cool area it's, yeah um it was kind of sad that that line and bright shut down but i mean i love that place it was great man great oh spots. my god that the first Coffee. year first year they were open man like they opened not long after us and it was just like it was just like the classic like watering hole how's that for a slang you know like after work you go over and you do jesus i had so many old fashions at that place like just by myself at the bar and like not in like a pathetic way but like you know like at the end of a long day yeah you want to feel like a man like go get a drink of whiskey <laughs> like just stare at the wall yeah it was a great spot but stillwell's going in there now they're opening whoa up. are yeah. they moving from Bra uh, barrington i don't think i I don't, I don't think, no. So now they're going to have three locations, the garden, Barrington, they the garden and, and this there. one, yeah. I think it's um, like a pub style. I don't know. I, don't, I just know that they, I saw it on, I mean, I obviously saw them looking at space a few times and then I saw it on, uh, the shit is it called? Like Halifax Retails or one of those Instagram yeah. accounts that like yeah. does that. So, which will be awesome. Oh, it's be, a great spot. Yeah. Oh, they're super nice people. It's, yeah, it'll be, uh, and oh, that's a really cool space. It's, I feel bad for Line and Bright because it's a really, it's a big space, like it's a big open space, and it's a rent must be high there. Rent, yeah, it would be a good rent, and it's like 
it's it's kind of unique the the kitchen space to it is not gigantic but it's a gigantic space so it would be hard to do like a compared to like if you've ever been in the brasserie like a grocery yeah. brasserie like you go back there the kitchen's like gigantic so yeah. the size of your you know yeah but the actual seating space isn't really all that different to you know line of right which would have had a so you have to do something with it and i think like offering food and then obviously beer a place like Stillwell that's so that's so chill and so yeah. nice is uh is going to be really awesome for it right on. so i want yeah. to i want to talk about cycling a bit too yeah man. really cool i love you know that lifestyle yeah. it looks like a lot of fun yeah. i don't do it myself yeah. i wish i did yeah. how did that come about that i've shit man i don't know and are you happy it's not snowing right now did you yeah, bike here i'm excited no i didn't so i don't okay. do the dark but uh but tomorrow I'll I'll be up early tomorrow morning. I always do this thing every year. It's called like the Festive Five Hundred. It's kind of like a cycling thing. You try and do five hundred kilometers between uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Yeah. And I did it last year. I tried to do it for a few years, but it's so weather dependent. It's hard. Or you can do it inside. But cycling, yeah. Anyways, I rambled <laughs> there. But no, I didn't bike here. Okay. That's a son of a bitch of a hill to bike up. If I was getting in here, I'll do this hill sometimes. Like go all the way up to. Uh, what is that, Springvale? The light on Bedford Highway where it came up and then you meet Lacewood and you go down? I don't have no Spring. idea. Spring. Any hill coming off Any the Bedford Highway up, going yeah. straight up is a nightmare. Um, but no, I get in. I had always kind of had like a a little bit of an interest in cycling. Like even when I was playing hockey, like I'd watch the Tour de France or like no I kind of. Yeah. Have you I ever been know. to, have you ever seen the Tour de France, like gone to Paris? No, I've never, I wasn't as much into it now as I was. Um, when I live in Germany, as I am now, okay. and I really wish I was, because there's, like, Europe is the, you know, awesome. that's, like, one of my life goals, is, like, to get to Europe, do one of those, like, cycling vacations, where they give you, like, wine at the end of the day, they, like, rub you down, <laughs> it's, like, costs, like, 10 grand, like, something absurd, but they Does fly it? you over, and you do, like, you're going through, like, the most beautiful mountains in the world, like, that's, like, one of the, that would be a nice thing to do, but I really get into it when probably a year after the restaurant opened, I would say. So I uh, that's, in, that's interesting to me. Why? I needed an outlet. Like it was an cool. exercise thing. And it was also like very much a therapeutic. Get your mind off stress. the restaurant. Type yeah, thing. exactly. Um, and like I said, like I would at the end of a work day, like that first year of a restaurant, like we then compared to what it is now is every day back then was 13, 14 hours. Like every day, like I'd serve like all day. Like we were open like 11 to nine. I'd run home. I'd like let the dogs out. And I was working with, the person I lived with at that time and it was like usually there's three or four people there and you're like just you're going hard like all the time because you don't it's not one of those restaurants that comes from like a big restaurant group right like there's it's you it's either you or it's you and another person whoever you did with or however many people but you know you have to put a certain amount of work in you have to do this to get this thing like off the ground yeah. and it and it's a lot man and I'm like 14 hour days it's a lot there's still some of those yeah yeah like a lot and it's What's crazy is you just, you enjoy it, but you also accept it. Like, you, like I just wake up in the morning, you're like, all right. I know what I got to do. I'm getting home at nine o'clock. Yeah. I'll get home for a couple hours in the afternoon, maybe like take the dogs for a run or take them to the park and then I'm going back. And but there's so many things that happen. You just, time does not go by like slowly, you know, like those days like fly by. Yeah. And you're like reminding yourself to eat, you're reminding yourself of that. But then when they're over, I would go to Lion and Bright and just grab a drink. Like when we go home. Grab an old fashioned. Yeah. Just to, like, calm down. And then eventually, like, after... Not even calm down. Just to, like, relax, you know? Enjoy and, life. Like, and just be alone. Or, like, just... Because you're dealing with people all day, you know? You're dealing with a couple hundred people all day. There's... You're dealing with staff. You're dealing with this. Like, it's a completely human thing to just kind of want to be by yourself. But yeah. eventually get to a point where it's like, Jesus, I'm like... 
five or six times a week i'm coming over and have like a couple drinks and by no means am i like you know saying like i was drinking too much or like you're like an alcoholic or something like that but it just got to me for the point where it's like i think i need to like find something else to do here to like take my mind off stuff and then for whatever reason, I just went to, to CycleSmith, which had just moved across the street, their new location. That was whatever it was, 2014, probably 2015. Mm. I just bought a bike and just put like a credit card and bought a bike <laughs> and just started like slowly and slowly, like really, and always by myself, like just go out and wake up at like stupid hours in the morning and just go out. And it wasn't like a, th- it never felt like I, like I needed to do it. Like I was running away from something, but you just, I always felt better afterwards. Like, like mentally or physically? Or both, both. Both, yeah. Like you get a lot of thinking done when you're there, but there's also most of it, you're just you're not thinking about nothing. Do you listen like, to music or podcasts? I do. I listen to music mostly. Yeah. Um, I always have headphones with me. Uh, sometimes I don't listen to anything. I just like listen to the sound of my bike. It's yeah. like dorky as that sounds. Yeah. Or like if you're in the middle of nowhere, you just you just listen to nothing and like a lot of times there's thoughts that go in your head like, Oh, I have to do this today. Like if I do it in the morning, like you get ready. But then a lot of time it's just peaceful, man. Like it's just, you know, and you're exerting yourself. And I think that was the physical side of it is again, with the hockey thing, you grow up playing hockey. You always have somebody telling you what to do your whole life. It's the coach telling you to do this. Even if you disagree with what they're saying, you still have to do it. Right. Like I was never the guy, I was never a guy that would like get in spats with coaches or, you know, think it's like my way or the highway type thing yeah so it's nice to go out and just like push yourself and just be like okay i'm gonna go out and like just demolish myself today by myself in the middle of the woods biking as hard as i can at like seven in the morning and i would get home at like eight in the morning after doing like whatever it was like 40 kilometers or whatever and i would just be so excited like get in the house like take the dogs out shower and then like almost be like running to work and i like noticed like a huge difference in my life and it made like so many other things a lot clearer and it teaches you teaches you about time management because it got to the point where i like doing it so much you have to like plan it you know it's like the night before like tonight like i'll go home like i said earlier like i'll go tomorrow morning like i'll have like get everything laid out and like know exactly what i'm doing so essentially i can just wake up in the morning and like just zombie walk to the coffee machine turn it on and then just start getting dressed so i can be out out of the house in like a half hour it's uh it's taught me a lot about time management and it's just it's taking it's it's just doing something really beneficial for your body that also is just beneficial for your mind and it just gives you a lot of clarity and it's you know you can there's a lot worse habits in life that you can have yeah. so I thought it was cool how you said someone's always telling you what to do in hockey I never thought of that yeah it's, you're always being coached there's yeah. always someone telling you chip pucks pass pressure forecheck back check yeah do this, do that. I never thought of that. Yeah. There's always a coach telling you what to do. And it's always somebody different, right? So you go through so many like people, like from one year to the next, if like a coach changes or whatever, and like if you don't agree or necessarily like there's a lot of coaches that are just complete fucking psychopaths, right? Like just a like couple. take it yeah, like like there's nothing else that matters except like that rank, like that arena is the only thing. It's not like family, it's not friends, it's not like if you had a dog, if you had like if you want to you know if you want to walk to the rink they think you should drive because you're going to be tired like it's insane and eventually just when it's over you're like oh now there's nobody there to motivate you or to tell you what to do then you kind of it's like okay well let's see like kind of what you're really made of is like a person when there's nobody yelling at you what to do it's like how much can you motivate yourself to make yourself better in any aspect of your life 
I think you just made me realize why I like this podcast so much because there's no one telling me to do it. No, you I'm say dead serious. You want. Yeah, it's um, I've always known I'd like it, but it's a really yeah, and like I mean, even if you're you're playing a team sport, there's still like there's still a hierarchy, like there isn't anything, right? Like there's yeah. you know somebody's somebody's telling you what to do. If you if you think you're a goal scorer, but the coach puts you on the third or fourth line, like you're not going to be a goal scorer. No, but you got to listen to him, or you're if not you going to be paid. a hockey player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like. There's a lot of give and take, and then once there's nobody to tell you what to do, I was just like, okay, now I need I need to be challenged, some in another way, and I was like, why not do it, you know, fitness wise, which is what I've always loved doing, like cardio. I've never been like muscly, or I've never like wanted to go to the gym and like just fucking like pump weights. Yeah. Like, that has never appealed to me at all. So it's just like, I can do this on like this <laughs> super cool bike, and I can be by myself. And I can like listen to whatever music I want and I can do it whenever I want. And if I want to go for an hour longer than I thought I was, I was like, nobody's telling me to go to work. I know I have to go to work, yeah. but like if I want to go like cruise around for another 20 kilometers and be like 40 minutes later to work when we like, and it's funny cause I'll panic cause we open at 11, but I'm there every day, but like eight. So what do you so do I'm from like, eight to 11? Jesus. I'm like, I, yeah, I could like I could get in there at nine 30 and still get everything done that I need to do. But it's a game where you tell yourself, it's like, how much you need to do? It's like, okay, like slow down, like take some time, like yeah. do this. It's going to make you feel better, but there's nobody telling you what to do essentially. So it like teaches you a whole other way of life. Where's your favorite place to bike to? <clears throat> um, I do. I really like, I mean, Purcell's Cove Road is super nice. Like you got a little loop where you go, like it ends at Pavia and you come back in on uh, Heron Cove Road. Like the rotary, like when you go yeah, up you there. Go yeah, you go the rotary yeah, and then yeah. you go up and then you Pass take like Pass Bryfield. Yeah, exactly. You can, go, you can go straight out that way and then it's just a big loop essentially. Okay, I know what, oh, sorry, some, yes, I know yeah, what you mean. And then yeah. there's the other loop that you can do that goes out to by, like by Sambro, by like Crystal Crescent, where that yeah. little convenience store is and that's a big loop. Those are like the popular ones for cyclists, but yeah. I think it's mostly because there's a lot of hills. Like it's, it's hard, like it's a, like you can make it like a fucking grueling workout like if you want to yeah um but i haven't those are nice i like to go over to dartmouth like i one that i really did this year is like i was going out to my parents to east ants you biked out to east ants yeah i'll do that often it's not that like just take waverly road the whole way it's like 50 and a waverly little bit kilometers road. you know the one that goes like by lake binoc if you follow that like the whole way it goes yeah. out by like oakfield golf course and then it comes out like by the big stop in enfield and then you can just take that, like, it's like old highway, I guess okay. is what they call it. Yeah. yeah. And it goes right to my parents. But so a lot of Sundays in the summer, we, me and my wife will go out to my parents' place for like dinner. And then on certain Sundays when it's like, I can kind of like plan for it or book in advance, I can take a lot more time. So I went out through like, um, it ended up being like 130 kilometers. If you go out behind, like, you go to like Porter's Lake, like through Lake Echo. And then there's like a road that goes back into like Muscadabit and it goes like all the way back around, um, and there's just nobody out there. Cool. You know, like on a Sunday afternoon, like there's literally like, um, like there's nobody. And I'd never, I grew up like relatively like close to there. Like East Ants isn't really that far yeah. from there, but it was like, I'd never, never seen that part of like the province before. And not that there's much to see, but you're just like, geez, it's like, yeah, it's like nice out here. It's That'll like happen peaceful. to me from time to time in a car. I'll be driving. Have I ever yeah, been on the like, street? Like, yeah, where? they've been here for like 30 years and they have no idea. Yeah. So, and that's that's what I like about biking too is you can get a lot of places that you don't, no, that you would just see. never even think to go. Yeah. You said so, that so. you want to go to Germany and bike? Somewhere is, in Europe, yeah. Europe? I would like to just for the mountains. Like the mountain, like any anybody out, who kind yeah. of bikes seriously will be like a mountain would be ideal. Like climbing a mountain and then you get to go down the other side. You get to see the view, which is like what all it's about. It's like a good, you know. 
it's the it's better than just cruising along on like a flat road did you so when you a, played hockey in europe did you own a bike and do that i did but just as like a commuter but like just to get just to, to the get rink, point you know? oh you bike yeah. to the rink yeah i mean it wasn't very far it was like a little town in germany it was maybe like five minutes but yeah i biked to like the gym a few times and like i remember one time it was like like i'm sure people have said like the way europe works like every week's the same like you got a game friday sunday and then like monday gym tuesday gym practice like it's just it's a completely different thing and i remember one time when i played in Helbron, we had like a gym session on like a monday or tuesday morning and I just got this bike and I was like, there was nothing that was going to stop me from riding it. And not it like, wouldn't compare to like what I do today. Like it was just like a point eight type B type thing. It's like a fixie bike. Like it was white. Like I look like muscle. Look What's like a fixie bike? idiot. So it's just got one gear oh, where the gear like, doesn't like, so, like okay. you can't coast. Like the, like it looks like, uh, I get it. It looks ridiculous. It doesn't look like the bike I have now, but like nothing was going to stop me from like riding that bike the next day. And it was like pouring rain and it was like probably like 10 kilometers to the gym or something. Uh, and I biked there and just showed up, like, just fucking soaked, like, drenched, like, mud. Like, I didn't have, like, a fender on or anything. Like, it just, this was my last year. And at that point, I was like, I just want to ride my bike. I was like, I don't give a shit. If somebody gets mad at me, like. Was the coach mad at you or anything? Oh, my God, he was losing it. Because I was soaked. And it was, like, so what? middle of the winter. Yeah. And he was like, you're going to get sick. I was like, I'm not going to get sick. I was like, I don't think I'm going to get sick. I was like, I don't know. I had a great time coming here. I was like, I brought like extra clothes. I was like, I'm fine. Sick. I was like, I'll just go change and then I'll do my workout and then I'll bike home or I'll tell somebody that I got to drive home and I'll still bike home just so you think I got to drive home. That's funny. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, but yeah, I would like to go back to Europe. It's just so much, the scenery is so much different, right? It would be close to home. I would love to go to Cape Breton and do like a lot of people do the Cabot trail like, oh, yeah. and do it like aggressively do that it in like sick. a day or two. Some yeah. people, a lot of people do it in a day, yeah. like a little over 300 kilometers, but you wake up at six in the morning and you got nothing to do until, you know, 10 at night or six at night, however long it takes you, you can do it. The only yeah. thing I can come close to compared to getting up early and going to do a physical activity is surfing. I did it once by myself. Uh, I used yeah. to, like I said, we were talking at the Prince George yeah. Hotel. There was a guy I used to work with. He was yeah. Australian and he was a big surfer. Yeah. I was like, man, like I want to come surfing with you yeah. once. So went out. I was terrible at it, yeah. but for so some hard. wake, what's that? So hard. Oh, so hard. <laughs> you know what happened? I got caught in like a, a current. Oh. So I, I almost shit my pants. I was so scared. But nobody wants to happen to them in the ocean. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, but for some reason, waking up at 5 in the morning and being at the ocean by 6 a.m. with the sun coming up and me in a wetsuit freezing my ass off in yeah. the water trying to surf. Yeah. When I came home on that drive, I don't know. It, it was just a, a feeling I'll never forget. Yeah. I get – there's – it's funny because like Sean, the guy who owns Local Source and had did Line and Bright, he surfs too and I've just met random – people who surf just from however it's not like a hangout with surfers but everybody i meet it tends to be like the same feeling as like as i get from cycling you know it's like a, it's like a solitude thing it's like a it's yeah. like a peaceful thing you know it's like you're you're on this machine essentially you know whether it's a surfboard or a bike and you're just there's nobody to tell you what to do man you're all by yourself and it's like uh, yeah i think yeah. that's a part of it knowing that yeah. everyone else is asleep i i honestly do the fact that i was awake and no one was on the road yeah no one was out there the sun was coming up there was something about that yeah. it was kind of cool to me yeah it, it is was, it's it's like it's everything it's like a different smell at that time of yeah day. like you leave there's something about like leaving your house when it's dark and then you get back when it's light and you're like this seems backwards to everything yeah. like as a kid my you would kill to sleep till like noon Remember yeah. when you, like, you sleep in, you'd have anything to do. You'd wake up at like 10 and have like a bowl of cereal and then like oh, go back man. to bed. Being a hockey player, you got to be a good sleeper. It's all you do. Yeah. You play hockey and you, you sleep. It. Yeah. That's all you do. And I never, I used, I used to never be able to, I used to not sleep like at all. I used to stay up late at night, but now like 
dude, my wife will just rip me apart. Like as soon as I hit the bed, like you're so cold, gone. like gone. Like it, like it would take like a massive earthquake to like wake me up. But then as soon as the alarm goes off, it's like you just feel different, you know. And it goes, it's so many things. It's, you take care. You know, if you know you're gonna be like physically exerting yourself to your max every day you you quickly realize you have to take better care of your body and in you what have to sense sleep. sleep like eating sleep stretching eating, you do yoga at all i don't no, no i should i want to because i'm terribly uh like the least flexible person in the world just essentially from playing hockey my it's my hip like from playing hockey my whole life yeah. i ran quite a bit in my life like i enjoy running and then biking like three worst exercises like for your hips and like the yoga thing though i i've tried like, I respect it. I know what everybody gets out of it. But, like, yeah. for me sitting there, like, in a room for an hour, like, anybody who knows me, whether I'm stretched, like, I know it's hard. Like, it's challenging. But yeah. I I need to have some kind of movement with, like, what I'm doing. Point. Like, yeah. I see what you're saying. And yeah. I've done them. And it's hard. And I've left, like, oh, my God. I was like, that was miserable. I was like, that was so hard. That was yeah. harder than any bike ride. But it just, I just feel happier when I'm up. So I'll try and stretch at home and stuff. But, yeah. like, it's hard, man. But the biggest thing is, like, drinking water. As stupid as that sounds. Drink water. Like my greatest adult lesson is like just drink as much water as you possibly can. Okay. And I've it's I was never big on like nutrition or hydration or anything like that while I was playing hockey. It's just mostly because you're kind of being told what to eat all the time. Like you don't really have a choice. But now it's just like drink water, man. Like it, it's yeah. it's crazy. It takes care of so many problems. It's insane. I was talking to my dad the other day and he's fifty five, fifty five, fifty five, fifty six. Mm-hmm. And his whole life, you know, he lifted weights, played hockey, yeah. played in the queue. And he's like, man, like, I'm just sore as fuck right now. Yeah. Like, I feel like, like he's just yeah. sore. He eats healthy. Like, he's a yeah. in-shape guy. Yeah. But he's just like, I'm sore. Yeah. So I took that and was like, you know, I got to change something up. Because that's all yeah. I do. I just lift yeah. weights and I yeah. play hockey every now yeah. and then. So that's a point. Like, when I'm 55, I don't want to be sore. I want to be flexible. Yeah. I want to feel good. So yeah. I don't do yoga. But I'm looking for something to kind of... I, but I do yeah. enjoy lifting weights, but I, I definitely want to do something different. So when yeah. I'm 55, I'm feeling all right. Yeah, it's I know like, that's I the one thing. I, age scares the shit out of me. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it's not that we're old by any means, no. but like you notice it. Like oh yeah, thing, you notice oh, things yeah. when you get like even mid 20s. Like you, you notice stuff. But like, I kind I of could, enjoy it. I enjoy noticing it, and then yeah. I enjoy fixing it. Yeah, I, I really you like become that. much more in tune with everything that's going on. Yeah. Like some people yeah. like, oh, I'm getting old. I can't do this. I can't do that. And it's like, well, fix it. And yeah, I love that can. fight. Yeah. I like, love that complain. fight. Yeah, yeah. Like that's don't, you know, something's wrong. Yeah. Like there's obviously something wrong. Like fix it. Yeah. You know, like nobody's going to come fix it for you. Yeah. It's the fight. Yeah, exactly. You and found you, biking. You, you like that. You enjoy it. It helps your yeah. lifestyle. Some people like surfing. Some people like yoga. Whatever there's is, so many man, different things you could go do. Go to the mall and walk around for two hours before it opens. Like whatever you're happy with. Like yeah. just go do. Like who cares? And I think that part of that being as an adult is like, who gives a shit what people think? You know, like as a kid, you're so like, even as, even when you're playing hockey, there was always, I always mm-hmm. felt, and I know most people do that. There's always eyes on you, right? Like they're watching everything you do. Not not just on the ice like off the the, ice. what you're doing off the ice what you're doing in the summer when you know mm. it's um yeah it's uh well that's the mm-hmm. first step to going anywhere in life i think is not caring what people think because yeah. if you think about it anyone successful in this world yeah. people talk about them if you're exactly. rich yeah. there's people shitting on you yeah there's always you know, gonna be somebody that hates you yeah so, so you just yeah that's the first step to yeah. i think being yeah. someone in life you just can't care yeah at no. all and you learn that pretty quick like i would have never thought you know you 
throwing a bunch of spandex on at like 5:30 a.m. <laughs> like making sure my blinky lights working before I like head out to like Purcell's Cove Road. It's like yeah, it's weird, but you just accept it, and then you're just like, whatever. I love it. Yeah. I'd rather people be saying something about me than nothing at all. Yeah, exactly. Or be like, oh, I could have did this, yeah. or like, eh, you know. It's like yeah, well, whatever. You ever have uh, when you go biking at night? Do you wear um, or in the morning when it's dark mm. out? Do you wear reflector shit like the, uh, the not, stuff? Do you have I, a light? I do. Yeah, you got to do lights. Got to do the lights. Um, I don't have a ton. I won't have that like construction vest on. Like no, I like to keep it like pretty, pretty. Um, I wear a lot of black. I probably wear too much black. Is that too. safe? Um, you can get black stuff that has like that, uh, what's it called? Like 3M, like reflective material. Yeah, so there's like just a brand I wear that I'll have like a shirt where it's just like, it'll look like a floating word. Like if you're coming up from behind it, like along with the light, like it's oh, like yeah. a silver and it's bright. Or I have like some bright pink socks that will glow. Like yeah. Certain things, but no, I won't like, I'm not, I sh- should be make my wife happier if i had like 19 <laughs> lights on my bike you know you or do like, or you don't no, i uh, don't like i got a backlight i got a front light but like you yeah i mean you can you can never be safe enough right but like i selfishly am like i say i don't care what people think but i was like i'm not gonna throw like that reflective construction vest on yeah. to like go like you know that's not aerodynamic first of all <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i got a light people see the light or i'll try and go like and there's nobody on the road that time of the day anyways yeah you know? that's true like, and you can't be as a as a cyclist and a lot of people even that i drive by are guilty of this you can't be an idiot when you're on your bike like in the road like you the whole time i'm thinking if i'm thinking anything when i'm biking is stay to the f- as far to the right of the road as possible yeah like don't assume that everybody's gonna see you don't assume that like you're a car like even typically speaking like people should see you but you're not a car yeah you're on a bike yeah that if a car hits you it's gonna you know yeah there's no there's no real second chance on like getting hit from behind by a car so just like stay as far to the right as possible and don't think that you're more important than the car yeah because even though like the law might say please give cyclists road like yeah don't be an idiot like move to the side of the road yeah because there's no you can't just shake it off and be like, oh, sorry. I was like, I was a car. No, you're a bicycle. Like, yeah. You have to be really smart about it. So there's there's certain times, like, don't, like, I won't go through the rotary at, like, any time after, like, 3.30 to 5. Like, the way that traffic's backed up. Like, for me to go through there on a bike is just, like. Suicide. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. yeah. Like, go somewhere else. Like, go yeah. on a trail somewhere. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, uh, you have to pick your spots, but it's, uh. Yeah, you always got to think about that stuff. But there's, it's panic if your light runs out and it's dark and you're like, wow. your light's not charged. Like, just get your right. iPhone out or something. Put <laughs> yeah, the light just on. go on the sidewalk yeah. and just like walk at home. It's like, hey, man, how's it going? And just like lie to people. Like, oh, I got a flat tire. <laughs> just don't want to get buried by a car in the dark. So what's the nightly routine? You say, so you'll be up tomorrow morning, 5 a.m. So you have to prepare tonight. What are you doing tonight to prepare for tomorrow morning? Um, tonight I'll, I'll eat a lot of food. I'll drink a lot of water. So you don't do anything in the morning, like drink or eat anything. You just I'll go drink coffee before I go. That's it. So, yeah. So it's like, it's not, uh, it depends. Like I'll go, a lot of times I'll do like, uh, like fasted exercise, which you know, quite what, a few people are. That that's mean? where like, you just don't eat like your, so your body's essentially, it's not burning. It's, it's burning fat okay. when you're exercising. So, but no, before I leave, I'll wake up first thing out of, as soon as I get out of bed, I'll just walk to the coffee machine and turn it on or have a preset probably like in a morning like this. Do you have an espresso or a coffee? I have a coffee machine. Do you we bring have, it to go? Or do you No, I just kind of drink it while I get ready. Okay. Like by the time I like, by the time, like on a morning, like tomorrow where it's going to be like pretty cold, like it'll like, I think it's supposed to be like minus four or minus Is five. It? Like, yeah. So it's like, it'll, 
or it feels like that anyways but, but if then you got to think yeah. if you're biking in the wind like it, it takes me like a solid 20 to 25 minutes like if i'm standing there naked to get everything like on like, like layers a couple pairs of socks i'll put like like tin foil under my socks like around your toes why tin foil just keeps them warm keeps no the way heat. yeah it's like if you put something in the oven right or you take something out of the oven and you have tin foil on it like it stays hot I so never thought of that. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. It's super uncomfortable when you get home because it's wet and it kind of like breaks apart, but it, it helps. You put it, it in, wait, you put it in between your I'll toes like, or you cover no, the whole... No, just like a little like, I'll just wrap it right around. Kind cool. Of. Yeah, and then put your sock and it like stays in place. So that helps keep them warm, but like, then you have like shoe covers, you have like leg warmers and then different stuff. Like you usually wear like a couple pairs of gloves because there's nothing worse than getting cold hands yeah. or cold feet. Like it's the worst. It sounds like a lot of tips for homeless people. Like yeah, when they're layer out in the up, cold. right? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, layer up. Put as much on as you can. As long as that stuff is, you can move in it. Like, yeah. it's just going to keep you warm. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I don't like using like, oh, it's too cold as an excuse to like not do anything. That's true. Right? I never thought like, of that either. People and when you, that. when you bike, like there is like, there's a lot of wind that, that cools you off, which is what makes you, but at the same time, like you're moving all the time. Like your blood's never stopping flowing. Right. That's the, that's the biggest difference about like cycling in winter. I find in summer is like summer you can go and you can just cruise. You stop by a lake and yeah. you're just going to sweat the whole time. Like winter, like if I go to more morning and I'll stop after like 30 kilometers or something, yeah. as soon as you have like any amount of sweat and then you stop and your body stops producing all that blood flow, like yeah. that sweat turns to like ice cold water. And then it's what yeah. climate would you rather bike in summer or winter? Oh, summer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Be a lot more on the old sunscreen budget. For a redhead, but yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, you and my, you and I both know. Little fair skin, yeah. yeah. I don't, I, just, I don't get to. I'm relatively lucky. I yeah. think you're probably. I don't think we're the worst. I've no. seen people who get it worse, redheads, but yeah. I just get freckles. I tend to get a lot more freckles. I don't, I don't get, get freckles. Anything. I just get. I'm a lobster, just, but I've learned it. my lessons. Yeah, I'm you learn prepared. quick. Yeah. Oh yeah, you learn very quick. I you ever been out to California and biked? Like along the coast no. there, Santa Monica? No, I would love to do that too. I want to take like a West Coast. I played hockey in Long Beach my first year pro. Did you? Yeah. What was that like? It hockey was, in Long Beach, California. It was not an ideal place for a first year pro 20-year-old to go. But that was the year of the lockout, that year that the full lockout was, whatever that was, 2004. Yeah. So there was like that big trickle down, right? So yeah. like I had been drafted and then I signed and then you're going to Long Beach in the East Coast. Like, I was like, excuse me? Would you live in like a hotel? No, they give you like, it's like these coast leagues, they just give you apartments. They like hook you up with, I mean, hook you up. (laughs) They give you a place to live. You know, it's not, there's people in worse situations. It's not the most glamorous, usually things in the world, but they make it so you don't have to worry about anything and you can hopefully put your best hockey product (laughs) on the ice. But I mean, it's Long Beach, California, like, you know, it's tough to focus. I try. Yeah. Well, there's a lot going on, you Tons. know, like it's just, it's not even that you, it's like, I don't mean it as like, you're going out every night and you're partying and like, you're doing all this. Like, that's not, that was never me, but there's an ocean right there, like a warm ocean yeah. instead of like here, like there's a beach that goes for like 50 miles and yeah. you're like, you've never seen it before. You know, it's like, it's a whole new world and it's like, you're 45 minutes from LA. You're, you know, like Orange County is 20 minutes down the road. It's like places you see on TV. And even though you think you're like, you're 20 and you're like somewhat grown up. Like that stuff's still pretty crazy to see. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like a whole different world. Um, so it was, it was interesting. Playing in Quebec. How much fun was that playing in the Pepsi Coliseum? You played there when I played in the Pee Wee tournament. 
Oh, yes. So you might have, who knows, you might have played there when I was there. But how much fun was it playing for the Quebec Ramparts? Apparently, that's one of the best franchises. It was, 100%. Yeah. You fly to games, I'm pretty sure. Back, yeah, we might have flew a couple times back then. Um, That would have been 2000, from like 2000, 2002. It was, looking back on it now and being part of like professional organizations and then European organizations and then that, that is like, yeah, that's as good as you could have asked for at that time. Like, they take, I mean, kind of as it should be, if you're moving away as like a 15 or 16 year old, it's not like you're going to go out in the city on your own and be like, okay, I got to go to school. I'm going to go set this, you know, set this up for myself. Like that's not, that's not going to happen. So they take care of everything. I had like a great billet. I was there for probably a year and a half. I think it was a year and a half. I got traded my second year right before Christmas. Yeah. And, uh, like practice finish in the morning. There's somebody that drives you to school. You have like a free lunch at like the, in the rank like a like the little cafeteria yeah and, and i remember having lunch there like days and then the peewee tournament was in town and i didn't know what it was because i never went to it as a kid like, yeah i don't even remember know if i knew about it <laughs> and i just remember and i was like we got to the rink one day to like leave for a game or something there's like fifteen thousand people in the rink and there's like yeah. peewee kids on the ice and i'm yeah. like where am i <laughs> i was like and i was only like 15 at the time like i yeah. was really young and i was like i missed out on this <laughs> what's like, going on here shit. i was like I'm going to like Shearwater to play like games, yeah. <laughs> like you know, yeah. going down to the valley, and I was like, "There's fifteen thousand people here as a peewee kid." They're probably selling out the top rink, the it top was, half. Like of it the... was full, it was jammed. Yeah, yeah. that was it the was... steepest top. The, that rink at the top it was, was really so steep. Untoppy. Yeah, and it was really loud. It, oh it yeah, was, uh, yeah. It was uh, it was a really cool place to play. They that was that was like first class the the whole way. It was awesome. Do you it was the best place to go. I think looking back on it, like obviously as a kid growing up here, you're like, oh, I want to play with the Mooseheads. Like, that'd be great. Yeah. But like looking back on it now, like I don't, I think going there would have been like, it wasn't super French. It was enough English where you could get by. I got to go to an English high school. Nice. I learned French while I was there as opposed to like if you were summers like here, it would have just been, yeah, would have been a lot more kind of pressure. There just would have been more things for a 15 year old kid to handle you know what i mean so did you ever play against brandon reed you know does that name ring a bell played for the mooseheads played yeah for i think he played in valdor yeah the last the last year i think that he played with the what was that guy's name simon gamash do you remember that guy no i think he had like a something stupid like 180 points one year or something like back when like that would have been like 2000 when they beat us like 12-1 or something i remember <sighs> i played in quebec and they had like seven or eight points like just stupid and you look at them at that age as like that's a man Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. you're you're in the same league and they're only four years older than you. Yeah. Compared to like when you turn pro and then you're playing against guys that are like thirty eight, but you're like, Oh, that's like the same kind yeah. of I'm the same age as that guy. Yeah. But five years ago we were like, Oh my god, who is that? I remember like, looking at the QB, like that's the NHL right there. Yeah. That's like the... when like Ramsey Abid when he used to play for the Moose, I was, he used to go and I was like a kid and I was like he's not 19 yeah. i was like there's no way that guy's 19 i was like no i was like that's not what people look like when they're 19 and you grow up and you're like shit i was like i was 19. 19 yeah he was yeah he didn't he didn't mess with the system he was allowed to play he was yeah. the right age yeah yeah it's it's crazy and it's like certain time spans in life how much things change and then how much things don't change yeah get, yeah it's weird, man. Crazy times. Yeah. Times fly. Yeah, they do. We're coming up in an hour here, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate you coming on. No problem. Really cool it. talking to you. Thanks, man. You got a cool life. You got a great restaurant. You got a cool hobby by biking. Thanks, man. I'm going to come in. 
Screen. Not next week, but the week after, I'm pretty sure. Mm, yeah, we have a new menu coming out in January. So. Oh, yeah. By the way, plug away. Like the last like minute or whatever, if you want to say hi to family, friends, give a plug out to the restaurant, oh, go ahead. Family, friends. Yeah, no, we do don't want to uh, do. We're closed until the 27th, and then we always do a big New Year's Eve dinner <coughs> with like reserved seating. So those are those are available. Those are always really popular. It's like a nice, it's not like a bottle pop in New Year's Eve celebration, but. Uh, and then we take a couple days off, and then we'll have a new, we always change our menu a couple times a year. So. The chefs have something nice uh, coming out on the 3rd of January will be open. So Dope. Yeah, man. You just get through the winter. The restaurant business is a little different in the winter than it is in the summer. So it's like, uh, yeah. yeah, it tests you all the time. So You guys got a patio out there? We do in the summer, yeah. We have like a, I wouldn't call it a patio. It's like tables on the sidewalk with That's a, a patio. rope. That's grass or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we do. It's nice. It gets sun all day. It gets incredibly hot like almost too hot to sit there and you can't shade it because the sun is like yeah it's nice though if you're looking for it might not be good for guys like me and you to yeah. sit out there <laughs> here's the thing though, look when summer hits the first week first month whatever i'll yeah. just tan like i'll suck it get, up i'll burn whatever get the and base. then the rest of the summer i'll just i'll be play it smart and then it lasts us like all year yeah we're set. i still have like weird lines on like the top of my legs from yeah. biking in the summer and i'm like they everybody thinks redheads have a bad i was like you get it like yeah you just gotta it learn stays around it. forever yeah. yeah it never goes away it's fine i think it might be like burning you like legit but like it stays there quick question about the restaurant yeah. do you guys have a big water jug so guests can fill up their water if they want to themselves no we give bottles yeah that's my biggest pet peeve i love the the self-serve water that's my thing yes I do, what, this, do what you want but that's my thing the self-serve oh so like if you're at the table you go up to get it yeah because i hate i'm one of those guys do you who hate, hate running out and i know i just hate it? asking for service i i just feel pretentious i don't uh, like to ask for anything you give me my food thank you very much i don't like to say can i have some water i agree so, so i love when there's just that is water. a pet peeve of mine so like if two people walk in and they go to sit down the first thing that go it's two menus and a bottle of water like a jug a, big, a jug leave the jug. a jug yeah oh i thought you meant like this like self-serve no thing. they're both i don't uh, care both yeah no I, people shouldn't have to get up to get water man exactly no you need and i'm very very conscious of like oh you're bottle has like an inch left in it let me go get a new one because yeah. i hate that where i was somewhere like last week and we were having dinner with like a few friends and i just i remember just blurting out i was like why the fuck don't they put water on the table yeah and then they bring the glass back and it's half full yeah. i'm like what who drinks that amount of water yeah at like one time it's called it's like, leave the jug yeah it's called yeah. like your job is a lot easier if you yeah. bring a substantial amount of water and leave it there like everybody's poured water yeah. nobody's going to a restaurant <laughs> to like how's your water technique it's like we've all poured water before <laughs> it's like leave it here we'll be fine and it's yeah. like we can't go cook the food like you bring us that yeah. we'll bring we'll take care of all that but like if you want some water it's there help yourself unreal yeah all right, Corey. Thanks well, thank again. you very much Thanks, for coming man. on. I appreciate, appreciate it. it man. Um, everyone listening, thank you very much once again. This is the high button. Go to all of our social media outlets. Like, subscribe, comment, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. I think I mentioned them all. We are out. Have a good Christmas, by the way. Holy shit, there's two days away. So Merry Christmas. All the best. We're out. Peace.
Get through. 